Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast with Matt and Braden and part two with Travis and Adele down in Greenville, South Carolina, and parents to Haven. And uh, what a... What a great ministry they have, The Noble Marriage. You can find them on YouTube at The Noble Marriage and Instagram, The Noble Marriage, thenoblemarriage.com. And, and they've got a transformational course that you can take and get coaching from them too. Uh, you know, they're, what they do with couples is so powerful and so good. And it's been so good getting to know you guys, Travis and Adele. And for you listeners, if you didn't hear their story last week, go back and listen to their story of transformation. If you're stuck, if you're if you're having a lot of trauma, if you've got... Uh, addiction in your marriage and you're just kind of feeling hopeless their story will give you hope and sometimes hope is just what we need when we have nothing else to to get through and so Travis Nadell we're excited to talk about just what you've learned and how you coach people in getting things out getting secrets out uh, being honest learning to be honest in marriage so thanks for being here yeah, and thanks thank for welcoming you. us back. <laughs> yeah we love your story and we love that the aspect that you're serving together using your marriage, allowing God to use your marriage to bless others. I think a lot of couples don't get that, that our marriage isn't just for us. God wants to use our marriage and to have purpose in our marriage, whatever that looks like. Don't necessarily have to be like you guys, but hey, God has a purpose for our marriages and you're using that uh, right now to to help couples, so many couples. So thank you guys. And so this week, yeah, we'd love to kind of get um, you putting on your coaching hats, so to speak. <laughs> we heard your story, and there's so many marriages out there that I think could probably relate to components of it, maybe not all of it, but aspects of it. 
And I wanted to go back to maybe the beginning of your story and uh, maybe even in your courtship dating aspect. I know Adele, you talked about red flags a little bit. Um, some of the things you were seeing, maybe Travis, you saw that a little bit too, but maybe at that journey, cause there's a lot of couples that are at that point too, that listen, what do couples do with those red flags? Why is it important to, to see them and maybe get some coaching and help um, to, to unpack them? Because maybe we can't do it on our own, right? Um, so you may, maybe even using your own story as kind of a, a metric here, you know, talk about that. Why is that important? So we've just recognized that the lack of communication that we had prior to getting married, as well as after we got married, was our main issue. Because I believe that had we set the groundwork and the foundation for good communication, we would have been able to communicate about red flags that were showing up. And I think the secrecy is what kept us from being able to communicate on that level, even though we didn't know how. So it was more like we just avoided it. And so like we, we had a premarital counselor. That's the other thing is I think back to that time and I'm like, what did he teach us about <laughs> marriage? I, I remember learning he didn't want any more children in our, in our like counseling. Oh, yeah. And not only that, I had the thought of I'll, I'll change him later <laughs> about right. that rather than just having communication about it. Yeah. And so I, I think it's just so important that you, you fully know the person that you're going to marry because you are spending the rest of your life with them. Yeah. And if they are showing red flags in your dating relationship, they will absolutely show up in your marriage also. Yeah. It's just a matter of not if, but when. Mm. That's good. That's good. One of the red flags is uh, this right here, the, the, the cell phone. You know, I did not want you mm-hmm. to ever look at this or touch this. And that's one of those things where it's still just another secrecy, another hiding thing that just does not have a place in a marriage. I agree. Like I made a, a covenant with you that we would just become one and what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. And we complete each other that we would, (laughs) that we would be to, that we would be together. And that, um, but that what, what it doesn't mean is I can have hiding and secrecy on the side. You know, it does not mean that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You legit tried for several years Mm. to not have secrecy because I mean, I remember you saying you wanted a different relationship with me multiple times. And I didn't know what that meant. Honestly, I was just okay. And so I think you really gave it your best shot, but there was just so much foothold for the enemy to just, you know, drag you right back into it. And I didn't know how to communicate. You know, one of the things we teach in our course is how to effectively communicate and listen to understand. Um, and that helps set up a marriage because I wasn't taught necessarily how to communicate or listen, and you were not either. And so we brought that into our marriage. And when things got tough, either we sweep it under the rug, Mm-hmm. We argue about it until we can't argue about it anymore and then sweep it under the rug or we just avoid 
And what specifically would happen to me is like, I would want to say things to you. I would even want to say positive things or like things of value to you. And I had this stopping me in my throat. Like the words wouldn't come out. Right. I, I was like, yeah. I want to say things like I want to say the value you have to me and how much I love you or, or like um, different things like that. And I just could not say it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I couldn't say it to other people either. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking of, Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm just thinking of in Genesis 2 where it talks about being naked and unashamed, right? In, in marriage. And yes, you know, people that are single and excited about sex, they just think about that. But really, it's emotional. That was in our premarital counseling was just like, that's not just physical. It's emotional. There's emotional. There's, there's all of the memories, the thoughts, the shame that we have. Um, you know, something that comes up so often in our ministry is, is sexual abuse and people not talking about sexual abuse for decades after it happened. Or they talked about it one time and, and it was a one-time thing and the person that they shared with never followed up. And so that just told them, don't talk about it. There's no point. And so we don't necessarily know it, but that develops a pattern in us that when things happen, I don't share. I just keep it. I just suppress it. And that leads into marriage. And so I know, Travis, you said in, the, in last week's episode with your story that you were molested as a young guy and 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 did did that play a role in the secrecy the hiddenness the not knowing how to communicate did that play a role in your marriage and then uh, second question to this how did you overcome the abuse and, and once you started to realize that there were hard issues how did you overcome that yeah i didn't think it necessarily played a role but looking back i can absolutely see how it had a large role in a lot of things like had a large role in how I viewed um, yourself, myself, sexual relations, how I view, um, you know, our intimacy together and what that looks like. And it had a, a way of like coming up for me of like, I need to hide this and keep it a secret. And it wasn't until we had full disclosure that, she, that we kind of talked about this. But I honestly had tried my best to push that and shove that so far down into my uh, memory, I guess that I just did not want to ever look at it or address it or, or have anything to do with it at all. And I went through a counselor who helped me unpack that. And that's another thing I love about, you know, one of your ministries is being able to speak, you know, the amnesty hour that you were referring to is because there's so much value in getting things out from between my ears and out of my mouth. And this is what I really want everyone to hear is the end of there is an enemy and he is real and he wants you to keep things in between your ears or in isolation because in isolation you can become very ineffective and make yourself small and you're not effective for the kingdom of god but in a safe environment and hear me when i say safe in a safe environment you can speak things out and it's in the light that's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants healing for us, and he wants things in the light. And it's in that that I get healing, is speaking things. Because when we speak it, it always loses value. Oh. Also, I just want to throw this out there. He and had, that was good. It was good. <laughs> he had blacked out those experiences. 
he like when we were having full disclosure there was no like recognition that that was even playing in the background yeah he had to go through um certain counseling to reopen his mind to even remember the incidences that had happened and I just think that is so amazing about our brains. However, it's it's not good for us because then we are not able to actually fully deal with it. And so I remember the day that you had come home from counseling and you had just gotten present to what had happened to you when you were a kid. And I just watched him really mourn for himself. Like, I mean, he was a, a kid mm-hmm. and had no control And so it was, it was beautiful to watch him like discover that as a really a new thing in his life and be able to address it at the same time with, even though that happened to me and I really remember it now, it's not still happening Mm -hmm. to me. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times we live our life and myself, I will put like in my mind, I think things are still happening to me and I live my life that way. And it just keeps us so ineffective and small. And, you know, that's exactly what the enemy wants. I want to touch on that a little bit more. Thank you for saying that. Like every one of us has a past, a present that's like right now. And we have a future that hopefully God willing will have. And that's it. I want everyone to, to like, if you've zoned out, tune into this. When we live our life in our past, like right now is, is we're present right now. And when we live our life in the past, like those things happen to me and I create some type of value over those things. And I give it some type of uh, value over me, significance over me. I can't help but to take my past into my present. And I can't help but to create my future based on my past. Mm-hmm. I have to get to the point where, and now I really want you guys to hear this, those things, and it may not be being sexually uh, assaulted or molested. It may be whatever that is. Those things happened. And I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I am deeply sorry because the world is hurting and mm-hmm. you should have never been hurt or abused. And I am really sorry that happened. I want you to hear me say that. And it's not still happening, hopefully. And when it's not still happening, I have a choice to let that rest where it is and go into my my future and create something brand new. Mm -hmm. I can absolutely create something brand new without taking that into my future with me. Mm -hmm. Mm. Well, I think that brings uh, another question that I have out of this is that... um, we think that if we sweep it under the rug because it's past, it's, maybe it's not currently happening anymore. We think it won't affect anything else in our present, what you're talking about, Travis. Um, the, the weird thing with abuse, though, is that, I mean, we've seen this in, in marriages, is that if it happened to one of us coming into the marriage, now the abuse is in our marriage in the sense that it's affecting our marriage. And often we don't, we don't see that lived out or played out because we think it's just us. Say, you know, I was the one abused. It's only me. It's my past but we don't realize that we're bringing that into the marriage, so to speak. So there are marriages out there that are in that place where maybe there is abuse. Maybe the other spouse doesn't know yet. Uh, maybe it's been hidden. Maybe there's secrets, maybe whatever, or it, or it is out and it hasn't been dealt with. But what would you coach a couple who has abuse in the past 
what are some steps that they can take now to address it um, as a couple? And maybe just speak to that. Like, what would you coach a couple right now that's hearing this and, and kind of giving them a, a pathway at least or some hope of what they can do so that they can thrive in their marriage? That's a great question. Um, one of the things that we deal with is we call them thorns. And they're real, um, they're, it's the root of whatever symptom or behavior is happening. And it's typically some sort of fear. I'm not good enough, or I'm a failure. I'm unwanted. I'm unwanted. I'm unworthy. I'm not important. You know, those are lies from the enemy. And so when we have couples that are going through our course, we deal with the thorns. Because when we can deal with the thorns, then the symptoms start to go away on their own because they get healing at root level. And so if, if you're a spouse and, and you're in an abusive relationship, I would say get help from someone that you trust that can help start coaching you on what to do in that situation. But if it's been in the past of your marriage and you're trying to move forward with it, you've really got to deal with why was that happening to begin with? And it typically always goes back to childhood and something that happens to us when we were young and vulnerable and not able to like logically think through traumatic events that happened to us. And so, um, yeah, that's what I would say. You gotta go back to the root first. Mm. You know, our, our brain is meant to, to heal from things. It's scientifically proven. And even from, um, you know, when we create subconscious programs that, that aren't helpful for us, uh, we can address those in coaching or in counseling and be able to get healing. Uh, neuroplasticity is real. And you have the ability to transform our, our mindsets. I, I was going to say, I just feel like the spirit's really leading me to say this specifically for some reason. Because I, I believe that the, the lust, the impurity, the traumatic events that happened in his childhood, it absolutely affected our sex life. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I think it really impacts the spouse who has no idea about any of the things in the past. And it's like, something's wrong with me. That's one of the things that we really talk about because when there are two people in a marriage who are not whole and complete people, thorns also make us close our hearts. And when our hearts are closed, there's no connection and there's no intimacy there. And so it's literally a transaction, like sex is just happening, but there's not a connection. There's not an intimacy, like, deep, rich experience. And I want you to know that you have access to that. If you don't have it right now in your marriage, like find help, find someone who can help you get to the point of figuring out what are the underlying issues? Because I would say like before we really got healed and restored, our sex life was like the thing that I wanted nothing to do with. Honestly, I didn't feel wanted, desired, loved, appreciated, and all the things that I feel now. It's a completely different experience when you have two open hearts coming together who are both seeking after being better people and knowing God fully and deeply. 
you share this amazing space together in sexual intimacy. That is like another planet kind of experience. <laughs> like it is amazing. And I feel like every marriage should have that. Mm-hmm. It's now my favorite part of our marriage. And several years ago, somebody, if they would have asked, I would have been like, there's no way that would happen because of the way it was. And that just should give you hope that if that's what your marriage is like now, there is hope for you that you can have an amazing sex life mm-hmm. and desire your spouse mm-hmm. in return. That's that's a great point, uh, Adele. And um, I wanted to just jump in quick here. A lot of couples, I mean, even with family life, we only hear of like, I'll get an email or someone will pull me off the stage when I'm speaking and they'll tell me their trauma or their crisis, whatever else. We know by stats and studies that couples only reach out for help typically after four years. So you're getting them uh, four years of crisis later um, and they haven't dealt with anything. So you're speaking all this right now. Why is it important to not wait that four years to get the help you see you need now just to speak to that. I I believe that if every couple was set up with really great foundations, like what it takes to have a strong marriage, you can avoid crisis and circumstances are still going to happen. Life still happens. Like you're, you can't get away from that, but you now have the, tools and the ability to work through anything. And that's the difference of waiting four years of not really dealing with the issues. And now we've got bigger issues to creating that foundation first. And then you can just work through the issues. They never become a crisis. They never become really big issues. Yes. Suffering is optional. And like we could, we could absolutely at any point, either premarital or maybe the first hard time in my first year of marriage or, you know, Dr. Gary Chapman talks about his first year of marriage was bliss because he was still in love. And then he figured out after about the one year marriage mark, he was like, who is this woman I married? He said, I made a mistake, (laughs) you know? And so we, at any point you can be like, we could be like, all right, so I need to get some type of help. And, you know, there's something in us, uh, Matt, Matt, I believe you said it earlier in Genesis, you know, it was around Genesis three where Adam and Eve, they have such a great relationship with God, but at some point sin enters the picture and they choose to put fig leaves on and they choose to hide and they choose to have fear. And we've been putting fig leaves on ever since. And that's exactly what hiding and secrecy is, is I need to put a facade up. And so I need to have this up, but I'm telling you it's false. It's not real. It's not true. And when it's in a, involved in a relationship, if I ch- still choose to have my fig leaves up with you, it is not to becoming one, like it says in the Bible. It's to maintaining their distance and maybe their walls and having some type of fig leaves up. And I need to be able to remove those and be fully transparent, let go of um, the hiding and secrecy and really shift my heart. It's a heart issue that I need to shift um, yeah. to be in line with Christ. 
and just being fully known, you know, God designed marriage for that one person to fully know you yeah. and vice versa. And it's such a beautiful picture, but we enter marriage like walls up and I can't let you get too close because if you get too close, you won't love me. Mm. And that's just the lies that we believe about ourselves. And so when we can be fully transparent prior to marriage and you enter marriage in that way, you get to be real. Mm. Like how great is it to just be real? For years. Yeah. That's such great advice guys. Um, you know, the importance of, bringing those walls down as quickly as we can. And I know it takes time because in marriage, it's a lifetime and a process and a journey together, right? Like we don't, we're not perfection day one, nor will we perfection in day hundred. But can we not get a little bit better? Can we not grow together and process? Um, and to do that as quickly as we can, even if we feel like, you know, I'm a little bit worried because I'm not sure that my spouse will like me once they learn these things. But how great is it that God's in the center of this? He's working in us. And the fact is, is that when we bring the walls down, our love for each other actually grows. I found that in my own marriage, you know, because I'm more vulnerable with my wife. She in turn is more vulnerable with me. Our love and our intimacy grows as a couple. So I just want to, I just want to get you guys to speak to hope right now. Um, Because there's so many couples out right now that out there right now that, they don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow for them. Maybe they're at a point where they don't really know if that's going to happen at all. Or there might be a marriage that's maybe just gone through a season of drift, maybe young children. They haven't really connected or been able to connect the way that they once did. What's some hope that you guys can just pass on the couples for their marriages, even if there's crisis, if there's trauma, there's abuse, maybe porn in their marriage. Maybe just speak to the hope that we can have. I would, I would just say, like, first of all, God designed marriage and he wants marriage to work. And I think that for me, when, when I was realizing our marriage is not good, I just cried out to God, like, help me know what to do because I just don't know. And I literally watched God do that. And even though we had to go through some really painful parts, like God wants your marriage to work. And so leaning to him to say, Hey God, I need your help. And you don't have to wait on your spouse. You can go ahead and start working on how can I improve me to show up as a better spouse? Because we can't control our spouse, but I do have influence and I have influence through the way I love him. And when that starts to shift and transform, because God is filling me up with that kind of love, I can't help but influence in a positive way. That's good. Do you have anything else? <laughs> I, I don't know if I can add to, to that. It was really good. Well, I will add this. You know, Jesus was asked, what is the number one commandment? And he said to love God with everything we have and love your neighbor as yourself. And who's your neighbor? Like my neighbor is going to be anyone, but including you. And in order to do that, I need to follow the last part in this love, um, love her as myself. And I need to know how to love me. And so that would be a groundwork. Like I did not know how to love Travis effectively. How in the world can I effectively love you Mm -hmm. or love God when I don't have it? And so I needed to learn how to take care of myself how to love myself, 
how to be whole and complete through Jesus Christ. That way the overflow is going to come into our marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well said. Um, appreciate you, Travis and Adele. Where can we find you? I know you guys mentioned at the beginning, but someone listening, where can we find you guys? We would love for you to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's The Noble Marriage. And then it's thenoblemarriage.com. And then please also check us out on social media. We've got a Facebook and an Instagram with The Noble Marriage. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.